up next on Walking by Faith. And just like one man represented us and the results of his offense passed to all men, one man represented us again, Jesus, at the cross. And all that he did at the cross to restore us to God is accredited to your account. Hello, I want to welcome you to Walking by Faith, and I am so glad that you're with us today. Now, we have just started a series on redemption realities, and we're going to talk about who you are in Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, and this is true about you, it's true about me, it's true whether you've been in Christ 15 minutes or 15 years, you are a new creature, a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. You know, when you are in Christ, in union with Him, when you become a Christian, literally, you are new. The Bible says the old, it's gone. What it's saying is this, that you are such a new person, that you are part of a new kingdom, a new family, and you are so new that you need God to introduce you to yourself. There is so much that has happened to you that you do not know, that you do not understand. And what we're going to be doing in this session today is we're going to be talking about who you are in Christ and what belongs to you in Christ. So would you come with me right now as we join this service as it begins. Let's go back, take a look at Philemon, verse 6, which says that the communication of your faith may become effectual or powerful, or produce results. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians look at their Christian life and they don't know if it's producing anything. Is there anything different in my life because I'm a Christian? Now the Bible is telling us here how to get your faith to produce results. Right? That it may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Now notice this is every good thing. There's more than one. Most Christians could not name five. Could not name five good things that are in them in Christ Jesus. But it's when you acknowledge them, when you know them, right? Because there is no ignorant faith. You cannot be believing something that you don't know. You've got to acknowledge the good things that are in you Notice they're in you. Who are they in? They're in you, right? They're not in Christ. Well, they're in Christ, but they're working in you. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So in death, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, God was working in Christ, right? But he wasn't working on Christ, he was working on you. You got that? Everything that happened in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection affects you. God was working in Christ Jesus, but he wasn't working on Christ Jesus. He was already perfect. He was already everything God wanted him to be. But he was working on you and on me. Now, 
it is so far, the Bible says here, every good thing that's in you in Christ. Jesus didn't just rise from the dead and go to his disciples. Well, I, I hope this will help you a little bit with some of your issues. Now, when Jesus arose from the dead, this was so powerful, so significant that everything changed. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if, now notice that big if because not everybody's here. But if any man be in Christ. Now, that's what we're going to be talking about, this little phrase, in Christ, in him, in whom, in the beloved. And it tells us what God did in Christ for us, what affects us. And if anyone be in Christ, over 130 times in your Bible, the New Testament, in Christ, in him, in whom, in the beloved. And it literally, it, it, well, we're going to get to this. It's, it's literally like a technical phrase in theology. And it talks about what God did when he was working in Christ on you and me. What he did for us. But if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold all things have become new now I'm gonna make a statement right here I want you to start to just kind of think about this and we're going to get to it in a few moments but the whole Bible is written about two men literally the whole Bible is about just two men and the effect that they had on humanity right? both of the people that the Bible is about have the same name Right? The first one lived in a garden and was married to a chick named Eve. Right? His name was Adam. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that there is a last Adam. There wasn't just one, there were two. Right? The first one, it says, he was of the dust, he was of the earth. But the second one, it says, is the Lord from heaven. You know him better as Jesus. But the Bible calls him the last Adam. Right? And the whole Bible is about how those two men affect all of humanity. That's what you're literally from Genesis all the way to Revelation. That is what it's about. But you are in Christ. Right? In Christ, you have victory over death. You have a restored relationship with God. In Christ, the Bible says you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. And literally in Christ, you have a new identity. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one man. Now, it's talking about that first Adam. All right, in his offense, right, he literally bowed his knee to Satan. And that offense caused death to reign through the one. Now, when God created Adam, he created Adam and put everything into him that he wanted all of humanity to be. The problem is this, that Adam sinned, rebelled against God, and he reproduced, not in the state that he was created, 
but the state that he fell to. And literally, we can say it like this, that he was a representative man. Just like the last Adam is a representative man. So if by one man's, the first Adam's offense, death reigned through the one. Because of what one man did, death came into the world. Sickness, disease, war, pestilence, everything you can think of. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now notice those words, much more, much more. What God did in Christ is greater than what Satan did through Adam, right? The first type of determinism, genetic determinism. The second determinism is psychological determinism, right? I am the way I am because of the way that I think. Now, how many of you know that what you think is powerful? It is very powerful. You know, I'm the way I am because of my experiences. Years ago, Jeannie and I were, were ministering to a guy. This guy was 50 years old, right? We were in our 20s at the time. And, and he, just, he just said, he said, if you knew all the stuff that I went through, he says, you know why I am like I am. Now, he, he is 50 years old. He hasn't had a job in 20 years, right? And uh, some people just feel that way. In fact, this is what he said to us. He says, you know, the reason I'm like this is because my mother neglected me. She said she didn't change my diapers enough. And he was serious. He says, I just had terrible diaper rash. And my mother, she just neglected me. And that's why I am like I am. You know, you hear people say that. Well, if you just knew, you know, my parents, they beat me with barbed wire. And that's why I'm like this. Right? Whatever happened to you, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything that happened to Jesus has been put on your account, right? It's your account. You were crucified with Christ. And the Bible says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And it says that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Whatever Satan did through sins, through circumstances, the grace of God that is available to you will much more abound than any problem that you ever went through because you are in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The third type of determinism is environmental determinism. I am the way that I am because of how and where I was raised. I like to call this redneck determinism. (laughs) You're the way that you are, you say, because I was was brought up in in the country, in the south, or the inner city, or I was brought up poor, or I was brought up with a messed up family. You know, uh, in my family there was alcoholism, there was drug abuse. But if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the Apostle Paul said it so well in Philippians 3. He said, forgetting those things that are behind, I reach for those things which are ahead. You know, if you live your life looking in the rearview mirror, you are going to go nowhere. You're going to crash, right? 
But what we need to do as believers is we need to find out who we are in Christ. That our faith may become effectual, produce results by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of how it looks, right, you were crucified with Christ. And you are identified with Christ. You say, yeah, but I just don't feel it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Do you realize right now, you just think, I'm just sitting here and nothing's happening. Well, right now, the earth is spinning on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. And that every 24 hours, the earth is rotating. And we're being hurtled through space right now. You and I are being hurtled through space at 67,108 miles an hour. And that our little galaxy is spinning through the universe at 1,599,000 miles an hour. And you're sitting here and you don't know anything about it. Don't feel a thing. Is it happening? Yeah, just because you don't feel it, just because it doesn't look like it, doesn't mean that it's not happening. The Bible says that Jesus took you to the cross. Now, again, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see a picture of what happened at the cross. But it is in the epistles that you see what happened in the spirit realm. You see what God did. God was working in Christ, not on Christ, on you. So that there would be a lot of things in you. By the way, the Bible calls them good things in you, in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.3, for you died and your life is hid with Christ in God. As sure as the first Adam represented you, and got us into a mess. How am I going to talk to Adam when you get to heaven? And, and I know you don't like this, all right, that he was your representative. You're an American. You didn't get to vote. But you were in Adam. And when he sinned as your representative, he made a choice for you. Now, we're looking at who you are because you're not just connected to that Adam. In fact, you're no longer connected to him. Because if anybody is in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your connection to the first Adam is severed. Right? And now you're connected to the last Adam. And where you find out what belongs to you is in your New Testament when you find that phrase, in him, in Christ, in whom, in the Lord. And it says this, whoo, Samuel, pass me my, my translators down there, would you? Right. Now, I, I've got a little quote here from the translator's New Testament. Now, if, if you went to anywhere in the 1040 window and you went to an unreached people group, someone who'd never heard the gospel, and you went and you learned their language, and you're going to translate the Bible, because you're not a great Greek scholar, although you may have taken some Greek or Hebrew, because you're not a great Greek scholar, one of the, the tools you'll be given is a translator's New Testament. Right? And it has all sorts of helpful hints and uh, theological insight for translators as they're translating. Now, this is what it says about in Christ. 
It says, in him, in whom, in the Lord. This phrase is found more than 160 times in the Pauline writings. Life in Christ represents a new life principle. Got that? A new life principle. Because you are a new creation. And the phrase may be regarded as a technical term in Pauline theology. Christ crucified and raised from the dead is thought of as a sphere. The atmosphere in which by the power of the Holy Spirit believers think and act. Thus the phrase describes the life of the Christian in innate fellowship with Christ and through Christ. The formula in Christ is rich and comprehensive. And probably for this reason most translators have retained it rather than risk under translation. Now you get this, they're afraid you're going to under translate two words in Christ. Just those two words in Christ. When it's usually changed at all, this is how they change it, in union with Christ. In union with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. But not only that, remember God was working in Christ to restore the world to himself, to restore mankind to our original relationship with God. That's what God was doing, working in Christ at the cross. Again, he was working in Christ, but he wasn't working on Christ. Who was he working on? You and me. Christ is the last, not the second, but he is the last, the Bible says, Adam. The last representative man. And just like one man represented us and the results of his offense passed to all men, one man represented us again, Jesus, at the cross. And all that he did at the cross to restore us to God is accredited to your account. Romans 5, 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. The first Adam was a type, a prototype. He represented us in all that he did. God put in him all that he wanted humanity to be. But then there is the second the last, excuse me, Adam, the one that the first Adam was a type of, right? And he also represented us in all that he did. If by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, Romans 5, 17, how much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Jesus is that last Adam, And because of the first one, Adam, death reigned. But because of the gift of righteousness that we have in Christ in the last Adam. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that he that knew no sin became sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God in him, in him, in Christ. See, in Christ, and that's where you are, you're the righteousness of God. Verse 18, therefore... As through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. 
The relationship of all men was broken with God because of what that first Adam did. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. So we are justified. In fact, it says that exactly, again, in the book of Romans. We've been justified because of what the last Adam did. And by the way, to be justified means to be made just as if I'd never done it. Just as if I'd never done it. Right? For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteousness. Both are representative men. In fact, when the first Adam sinned, God immediately said the next Adam was going to come. That last Adam was going to come. In Genesis 3.15, he said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He, the last Adam, will bruise your head or crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. 1 Corinthians 15, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Verse 47, the first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That last representative man, Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. Of course, one of, one of the fundamental truths of Christianity, the incarnation, that God himself comes and becomes flesh and represents us. Romans 5.15. But the free gift is not like the offense. Now, this is a crazy way to start something. The free gift is not like the offense. That's like, like I come up to you and I say, hey, I want to go to Holland Beach. How do I get there? And you say to me, well, you know where Eastbrook Mall is? And I say, yes. And you said, it's nowhere near there. <laughs> I mean, what is, what, what's that about? What's that about? The free gift is not like the offense. For if the one man's offense, many died, much more. Got that? Much more. So what God does in Christ is greater than what Satan did through Adam. Much more. The grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. Again, here it is again. For the gift is not like the offense. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So the first Adam brought condemnation, but the last Adam brought justification. Made you just as if you had never sinned. The first Adam, what he did, passed on all men automatically. But what the last Adam did is not automatic. The Bible says to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. To as many as receive him. So the first Adam, the offense, it passes automatically. But the free gift, we need to receive the free gift. And what is the, the last way that the free gift is not like the offense is it is just so much greater. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Right? What Jesus did for us as the last Adam is greater 
than what the first Adam did when he bowed his knee to God's arch enemy, the devil. Romans 5.20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Let me just mention here Romans 3.20, which says, by the works of the law, other translations say, by being a good person, no one has ever been made right with God. Think about that. How many people don't try to be right with God by being good? You know, I don't steal, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't commit adultery. I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says no one has ever been made right with God by the works of the law or by being a good person. Say, have you been watching and you're not sure where you stand with God or you're away from the Lord and you say, I want to get right with God. Would you bow your head and pray this prayer with me? Just pray it from your heart and say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I receive him today as my Savior and Lord. I'm going to live for him every day. Thank you for blood washing me from my sin, making me a new person on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that simple prayer, you're forgiven, you're right with God, you're on your way to heaven. If you just prayed that from your heart and met that prayer. Now, I wrote a book entitled Your New Life. It is full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. If you will contact us, I want to send you a free copy. All the information is right there on your screen. All you need to do is get a hold of us. Would you like someone to begin standing with you in prayer? If so, please do not hesitate to call. Walking by Faith Prayer Partners will be glad to stand with you in prayer. Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith, 5120 Ivan Rest Avenue Southwest, Granville, Michigan, 49418.